there. Um, you know, I learned a lot about my leadership skills. I feel like I improved in that area since I was a freshman, you know, coming into Oklahoma. Um, you know, I learned I could go fight against a lot of adversity, you know, that's thrown my way. And, uh, you know, God's given me the talent to do my thing on the field and, and help the team that I'm on, you know, as much as I can. And I'm happy I landed my feet in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, I can't wait to get this ball rolling. Rush is back. Hour number two, Teddy Lehman here. Tyler McComas, special edition of The Rush. We're doing four hours uh, in studio today. 651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Spencer Rattler right there. Um, I, I'm i excited about what he's going to do at South Carolina, man. I really am. I Do I expect him to, to win the SEC? Absolutely not. But... What they accomplished last year playing, like, what, four different quarterbacks? Something crazy like that? Well, they ended up playing a GA at quarterback, right? At one point, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know that there was this perception of of Rattler that all of a sudden he wasn't a, a good quarterback, but, you know, you can say what you want about him. I He's, he's not going to kill people in the running game. It's not his specialty, although he – he can't pick up some first downs and, and you know pull the zone read from time to time, even down in the red zone and, and score a touchdown or two. But he's not going to kill you there. But he throws a great ball. Uh, he's accurate, throws a great deep ball, and is a massive upgrade over anything that South Carolina's had at quarterback in a long time. Yeah, awesome story about him today uh, via ESPN. And, you know, one of the the main draws is uh, the toxic situation that existed with him last year at OU. I I do love his offensive coordinator, Marcus Marcus Satterfield, with the the gutsiest recruiting uh, line of all time, basically calling him and saying, hey, people think you suck and people think I suck. Let's both prove them wrong at South Carolina. Yeah. That one's going to go one way or the other. And um, lucky for Marcus Satis- uh, Satterfield, he's he's going to Columbia. But that was that was interesting. Now, um, that was a catchy headline. Toxic environment or toxic situation at OU last year. Rattler in the story said, quote, anywhere was going to be better, and I found the right place, end quotes. Yeah. Anywhere was going to be better. Dang. Yeah. Well, I – and I don't blame him for that, you know. I think the, I think the way that everyone kind of reacted to, you know, his his benching at Texas, and the Caleb Williams thing, like in hindsight, probably don't feel too good about it. I even at the time, it, it definitely wasn't a good thing. But looking back on it, it's like. Rattler was undefeated. He won a Big 12 championship. Um, he did a lot of really good things, and he's gone now, right? And I, I'm I'm super thrilled that Dylan Gabriel's here, but I there may not have even been like some moments to where like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do at quarterback if you still had Spencer Rattler and. You know, who knows? Maybe you you are working in a situation now where he's a backup or, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe he was dead set on on transferring, but he wasn't treated very well. And, you know, I was I was saying, you know, kind of late in the season whenever it was 
proving out on the field that Caleb Williams couldn't throw the ball against zone that maybe maybe Spencer Rattler isn't the worst option right now. So I don't know. All of that aside. I don't think there was a quarterback last year that was going to no. roll into that situation and just throw up incredible numbers. I, I mean, agree. I, that, that situation around both those guys was just so tough. So anywhere was be- – what, what did he exactly say? Anywhere was going to be better. Okay. I, I hear you. Loud and clear, Rattler. Where is the majority of his anger pointed? At the fans and how they treated him last year or at his former head coach? Um, I don't – I'm saying the head coach. Why, why, uh, why Lincoln? Well, because of this line right here. Well, let me give you the first couple of lines. But I had a great summer, and then once the season started, we had a competitive first couple of games – didn't play up to par, just feel like we weren't given the time to gel together during the season. Uh, triggers were, were pulled too quickly, and because of that, we lost two games and didn't win another championship. And it's this line right here. But like I said, that was out of my control. I gave my all with my teammates and for the real coaches up there. Wow. <laughs> Dang, okay. Yeah, so that's that's pretty obvious. I, I don't think that he just loves the OU fan base right now, but – I'm sure that he's very disappointed with how his money-making season was handled last year. Yeah. When asked about last season, he said, that will be a story for later. I don't want to get too in-depth with it, but it was out of my control. All I can tell you is that we were undefeated at the time I was benched. We won a championship the year before, and we're going to win another one. I could go on and on. So that sounds to me like it's aimed at Former University of Oklahoma head football coach. Does Lincoln he have Island. a legitimate complaint about the way he was handled? I, I, apparently, he knows more ins and outs of the situation than we do. But with what we know, does he have a legitimate complaint? Because you know, the other side of that is yes, he did get pulled while the team was undefeated. But at the same time, we're smart enough to you know know what the eye test looks like, and you know th- that team isn't undefeated. If he stays in the game against Texas. Right. And it, it wasn't a good product up to that point. So, yeah, they were winning games, but they didn't really beat anyone uh, that was any good up to that point. Uh, here's the thing, man. I, I, it's hard to, hard to criticize Lincoln for, for pulling Radler in that game. Um, and I guess you could even say maybe it's hard to criticize him for continuing to play Caleb Williams. Um, I also think that Spencer Rattler, perhaps after his first year, um, maybe got a little too comfortable, maybe a little too confident uh, with NIL stuff floating around. And, yeah, I, I had heard some things, and I don't know how true any of them are, but. Like there, there was talk around around town about just like behavior and stuff. I that's why I think that this reset, that lesson from last year, is maybe the best thing that could have ever happened to him as a quarterback. Sure, like a little reset, a little humility is can go a long way. Austin Stogner had some interesting comments in the piece as well. We were uh, told that uh, Muleshoe addressed the team on the coaching rumors, right? And that he told them that he wasn't going anywhere? 
Right. I thought we right we'd heard that. Stogner says, "quote It was weird. All the LSU rumors and Coach Riley never addressed them. It became a distraction for that last game at Oklahoma State. But there was nothing about USC until we were all in the meeting." He kept it under wraps. It's hard to believe it all happened in 12 hours, like he said, end quote. So, Stogner says that there was never, like, the team never got addressed during the, all the, the rumors that were going on. I thought that we had heard that there was a time where he addressed the team and said, right, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Don't worry about it. We're all good. Yeah. And Stogner's saying that it was a distraction heading into that final Bedlam game. Well, I don't know. You know, there. That thing had gone on for a while, and remember, he like the LSU thing had had come up, and in the media and everything, he had shot it down and said, you know, I think you guys know me and know that I'm happy here, and 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 you know whatever that that line was, and it kind of died down, but like four or five days, maybe not even that long before that Oklahoma State game. Like everything ramped back up in a massive, massive way, and like all of the, all of the chatter from people in the know, and like I was talking to coaches in other places, and like everyone was convinced now all of a sudden that he's leaving, and, and LSU was was what everyone thought. So I think maybe he's saying that maybe he never addressed that new swell of commotion with the team, and it was a. Uh, and it was like definitely a distraction going into that Oklahoma State game. Stogner also says, quote, either way, it was time for both of us to go, even if Riley would have stayed. And through it all, I don't know how Spencer could have handled things any better. He was there every day trying to get better and competing in practice. It's funny how a 21-year-old handles it a lot better than some of the fans out there on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't know. I think that I think for Stogner and Radler, I putting all of that behind and reset and going to South Carolina for sure. And you know, being somewhere where that's one of the lines from Rattler in there is like very few people get an opportunity for a second chance at a place where they're wanted. And that's true. And to go like South Carolina is I mean, they they are, as far as I know, absolutely thrilled to have Rattler there. I know Beamer is. Beamer was just glowing that Spencer Rattler decided to come to South Carolina. He, you know, he wasn't very sure like how how that whole thing was going to go down, and he had heard some of the the stuff about Rattler maybe staying closer to home whenever he he transfers out. But you know, whenever he got the call, got the the final word that. Yeah, Rat- Rattler and Stogner were coming to South Carolina. He was just like... Yeah, I guess Rattler was really close to going to Arizona State. But uh, Arizona State thought that Jaden Daniels was going to come back. And, I mean, he was for a while. He was a very late portal entry. So, <sighs> Arizona State went from Jaden Daniels to maybe Spencer Rattler to now. I have no idea who their quarterback is this yeah. year. They really got burned by that situation. Would that would that have been a good thing or a yet another distraction and something in the way for Rattler if he was out there in the same conference? Yeah, I, I think um I think what's best for him, like not even in the same conference, just not close to home since he was, you know, grew up in Phoenix. 
just just you know out to the East Coast, man, kind of isolated out there, be in the SEC. It, it seems like the the perfect spot for him, man. But just like last year at OU, he's gonna have to have good protection. He, right. He's he's a good he can throw the ball. You're right, but he is definitely a guy where the situation around him has to be good. He can't single handedly carry an offense if the running game is not there. And, you know, the O-line is just shaky. He has to have a good running game and a good O-line. If he has those things, yeah, he's a really good quarterback, but you just can't single-handed, you know, d- totally depend on him just to be a playmaker at quarterback yeah. by himself. Yeah. What do you think like, – what's kind of the, the ceiling for South Carolina this year? Uh, second in the SEC East, I think, is probably the ceiling. We'll really? see about Florida. Um, I think – South Carolina, the ceiling is they'll be better than than uh, Tennessee and Kentucky, but yeah, a team that wins nine nine games, man, nine all, and three, ten and two. I'm telling you, all of a sudden, in my opinion, the East, top to bottom, like next year, is it, it's it's getting close to the West. Yeah, obviously, you got Georgia. Kentucky is – that's a legitimate football program now. Won 10 games last year. They're going to be uh, really solid again this year. I think Tennessee is like poised to do some really good things. Hendon Hooker coming back. And South Carolina, who was 7-6 and six last year, you know, I think they got a chance to be really good. In Florida, with the new head coach, I don't know if it's all going to happen this year, but in the next year or two, I expect them to all of a sudden – Start looking good again, man. The The East is going to be tough. East might um, – Bama's going to be the best team in the SEC. But if Georgia can replenish defensive talent and be maybe a little bit better offensively, Georgia could be pretty close, close to Alabama. There's a scenario where the, the East is deeper than the West this year, especially with uh, Florida had the spring game last night. And the QB, they have Anthony Richardson toss three touchdown passes. Hmm. And I guess Napier just basically you know, told him that, that this is your team, man. Wow. Like you, you are our guy. You're our guy. Well, right now, you know, the SEC West, clearly Bama going to be really good. Uh, I think Arkansas is going to be pretty good. Um, you know, Mississippi State was 7-6 and six last year. They were close to being even better than that. Like, any time I say someone I think is going to be a good football team, I do not expect them to challenge to beat Alabama in the West. I'm just like, I think that they have potential to be a good, solid team. Does that mean they, you know, they all go 11-1? and one? No, but I think there's some, there's some good teams there, like in the middle tier. I, I think Texas A&M, 8-4 last year, I think be prepared to see about the same thing from them. Yeah. I, depending on what their schedule is, I haven't checked it, uh, you know. Unless they've got an easy run of things, which they haven't had recently, I, I think they're probably going to be about an 8-4 and four squad. Text line says, really like Shane Beamer. I will root for them guys to have a good year. Stogner definitely deserves it. This one says, I think Rattler is a good quarterback despite what others think and say. He did need to play better, but always said he got too hyped and needed to be humbled some. Yeah. Well, he's gotten humbled. Let's see how he bounces back. I'm curious the uh, rest of the text line though. Do you like what's your give a rip meter on Rattler having a good year next year? Like I think everyone is, yeah, like yeah, sure. Yeah, he's, he could have a nice year. That's cool. But like will you actively try and watch South Carolina games next year to root for him? 
I guess, like, what's your real rooting interest on you know, Rattler going out to the SEC East? My answer to that is yes. And here's the other thing. Frankly, for the Lincoln-Riley haters out there, the better Rattler does, the worse it looks for Lincoln-Riley. 100%. Right? So going to be um, a bad look if uh, Dylan Gabriel and Spencer Rattler better than Caleb Williams this year. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. I I will definitely watch and root for them. And I, th- I think Rattler is a good, accurate quarterback. And let's not forget what I believe to be the real root cause of Oklahoma's uh, lack of offensive production last year is the offensive line, right? Uh, when you've got a great offensive line, it hides a lot of issues. Whenever you don't, a lot of those things come to the surface in, in a big way. I, I know that Rattler could have been better in those early games, but let's be honest here. The offense did not get better afterwards with Caleb Williams. Caleb made a couple of really nice individual plays in some games, but for the most part, it was about the same. Yeah. Uh, Blaine sent us some win totals. South Carolina's win total over-unders at six this year. So South Carolina's is? Yeah. Georgia, 11.5. Tennessee, 8.5. Wow. Kentucky is at eight. Florida's at seven. South Carolina's at six. South Carolina's got a hard schedule. Yeah. First three games, Georgia State at Arkansas, Georgia. Um, they're at Kentucky. Tough game. A&M, Missouri, at Vandy, at Florida. Man, they they finished the season at Florida, Tennessee, at Clemson. Wow. Uh, Bama's win totals at 11.5. A&M is at 9. Ole Miss is at 8. Arkansas is at 6.5. Mississippi State's at 6.5. LSU is at 6. Auburn is at 5. Yeah. Tough. Certainly rooting more for Rattler than Caleb. That's on the text Whoa, line. Hang on a second. Go back. Back, 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 back. Which one? Auburn. Is it five? Where's that win total coming from? Uh, I, I don't know which betting service. You think that that's way too. I'm just way saying. Too what? The ESPN FPI had them at number eight yesterday. Number uh, 10. Number 10. Was it 10? Yeah. 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 I thought Pitt it was, was only the top eight. Pitt that they was had. at nine and uh, Auburn okay. was at 10 yesterday. Yeah, they had yeah. Auburn at number 10 and yeah. Vegas. OU had, was at eight. OU okay. They had them at 10 and Vegas has Auburn as a five win well, over under team. More, more proof that the FBI Woo! is total crap, man. That is. You probably won't see a bigger disparity anywhere in college football than that right there, right? Oh, well, until we see Texas win total for this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's funny. Uh, I root for Rattler to write TBOW on his cleats. Ah, he may do that. He may do that. Uh, Good stuff. How crazy would it be if Rattler and Gabriel were finalists for the Heisman Trophy? (laughs) That would be fun. I will 100% pull for Rattler. It would reflect uh, reflect poorly on Muleshoe's ability to make him a better quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. O-line was bad last year, but Rattler had some terrible habits of rolling to his right anytime he feels pressure. Pass protection wasn't that bad at times when he was playing. Yeah, that's true, and I'll agree with that, but I'll also say this. When... When your protection is bad and inconsistent, you the the clock in your head speeds up and you default to trying to get out 
to get out of the pocket and get out to some clear territory when there's no trust there. So I do agree with that, but you know, part of that is not necessarily his fault. Like you, you can't play quarterback when protection is good on one snap, bad on the next, then good, then bad, then good, then bad. You can't do it. You, you absolutely cannot play quarterback under those those uh, circumstances. One more. I'll watch Rattler because mostly I just like to watch any college football. Yeah. Feel bad for the dude. I hated that he got booed. He struggled some. That's fair to say. But Caleb also struggled. Exhibit A, KU game. I wanted to see what Caleb would do, but I never chanted or booed my own team or players. That's not cool to me. I hope Rattler does well. Sorry for the long-winded text. <laughs> yeah. I Hey, I um, – I, I hope he does well, and it sounds like they asked a couple of the teammates there, and you know, one of the receivers said, hey, I was going to wait. I heard good things. I heard bad things about him. I was going to wait and let my own eyes be the judge, and about the fifth practice in, when he threw me a ball, I was like, yeah, okay, we got a guy. Yeah, maybe in an odd way, last year's the best thing that could have happened for I him agree. to get humbled like that. Yep. I mean, that's the real – the, the cool story here. If that's that what, that's what I happens. agree. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line 651 3439. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you our number two of the rush. We're doing four hours today, old school rush style today on the ref. Keep the text coming on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. You mentioned the ESPN-FPI segment, and when you left early yesterday, you ended up texting me about 20 minutes later because the ESPN-FPI is looking down on OU's schedule, and really they were saying, well... The schedule sucks because of the non-conference, but then the FPI also picked Nebraska to win the Big Ten West next year. So yeah. it's like there's just so many flawed yeah. thoughts on this thing. Yeah, it's 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 perhaps at least the top ten. I haven't looked at the rest of it. It's perhaps maybe one of the worst things I've seen compiled in a while. And the way that they justify some of the things, it's, it was almost like watching the college football playoff committee when they try and justify different things to people that make no sense, where they use it one week and don't use it the next. They're just piecing crap together to try and uh, explain the narrative that they've got up there. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's Scattershot. Yeah, they had uh, top 25 toughest schedules, uh, according to ESPN FPI. Of course, it was like in the top 15, it was only SEC teams. I think Auburn was like number one. Mississippi State was was number two. 
Texas was the only Big 12 school in the top 25. They have the 14th toughest schedule, which made me LOL even more. That They say that Texas has one of the 15 toughest schedules in the country, yet they think that there's a 41% chance they're going to win the conference, and they have the highest odds out of anyone in the Big 12 next year to make the college football playoff, and still a 6.9% chance to make the national championship game. So, a team that was 5-7 and seven last year and has the 14th toughest schedule in college football, they think they're just going to overcome that and likely be a, a, a playoff team and win the Big 12. Did you read the – I never read, like, their reasoning for having them where they are. Did it have, like, I don't know a, if it had a snippet or, or not on that. Because, you know, OU was 40th toughest schedule. And Texas was 14th? It was forty. It was 43, something like that, for OU, right around there. Right. 43, and Texas was? 14. Was 14. I don't know what the rest of their non-conference looks like. I'm pulling it up right UTSA here. UTSA at home and maybe... Monroe. Play. Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. So, like, the difference between, like, their... The only difference in their schedule, essentially, is... Alabama and Nebraska. Like Alabama, obviously, they had them as number one in the FPI, but they also had Nebraska winning the West in the Big Ten. So you're telling me that one game difference. Oh, I guess UTSA. I, I'm skipping over UTSA. That's a good program. But is that enough? Like they have nine games in common. Like, the vast majority of their schedule is exactly the same. It seems strange that they have them that high. Yeah, like OU was one 42. Game. That's a massive discrepancy yeah. for such, you know, for teams that a have a very similar schedule. A very similar schedule. But, you know, whatever. But I, I guess, well, I, I mean, wouldn't OU even get a little bit? Of, according to their ranking, OU plays the tougher team in the OU Texas game. So there are nine common opponents, and OU has to play a top six Texas team, whereas Texas plays a number eight OU team. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Texas wouldn't even get an edge there. Yeah, uh, I'm sure or that OU would get. I'm an sure edge. their formula spits out some stuff, and then they they like change some of the rankings there after the fact to to suit whatever it is that their narrative is and why they would. I don't know. To take a, a five and seven team from a year previous and project them to finish number six overall and win the Big Twelve whenever I nothing really has changed. They've got guys coming back, but they got guys coming back from a five and seven team that lost to Kansas at home. Um, and I, I'll agree that they've got some really good skill players, right? But they don't even you can't even what are you even going to factor in as their quarterback? A guy that hasn't ever played a snap? Right. How does that I don't know. Uh, factor into your formula? You know, we uh, often throw out the fact that uh, Texas lost to Kansas last year, as we should. But what we don't mention with that game, and I'll have to remind everyone, that, yeah, it came down to a two-point conversion, but Texas was lucky that it came down to that two-point conversion. They were getting run out of their own They were stadium. down 14-21 to 21 essentially the entire game and yeah. had to have an incredible run late in the fourth quarter to even tie that thing. Kansas, yeah, was running them for three quarters in that game. 
Yeah, I'm trying. What was the score? Like the score? It to was fourteen start the nothing. Uh, it was fourteen nothing to start the game. I, maybe KU was up fourteen to start the fourth quarter. Fourteen twenty one. Something like that. Yeah, it, it was. It looked like there was no chance that Texas is is going to come back. And then obviously they had what they scored. Yeah, they were down. Gosh, they were down. 38-14 at halftime. Jeez. No, no, no. 35-14 at halftime. Still, man. Down 21. Yep. Yep, How yep, yep. embarrassing. That's right. Which, OU was down 10 nothing, and that felt like 21 points. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was a wild game. I remember watching it, and the way that it ended was just... Amazing? Amazing. It's my favorite game of the year. Amazing. Other than Bobby Stoops, you know, rescuing the Alamo Bowl and OU playing its best game of the year. You, remember the Twitter thread of the Kansas fan and the range of emotions he went through in yeah, that game? Yes, I do. It was one of yeah. the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. It was great. Uh, is Heather Dinich involved in the FPI? That's on the text line. Pretty funny. Yeah. Probably. Wh- whoever compiled the FPI is on drugs. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I think whoever compiled the FPI is probably incensed at what the results it spit out and then what ESPN published as the results. There's no way that that's exactly that's what their FPI put out. Shorthorn Network BS. That's on the text line. This text says they say Texas and Auburn have a tough schedule because they suck, and if they had UCO on their schedule, it would be a tough game for them. Yeah. Well, hey, um, yeah. Relative to their success last year, every single game on Texas's schedule is difficult. I would agree with that sentiment, yes. You know, ESPN thought that they were, you know, probably unique and cool for coming up with this new, you know, formula to create this ranking, but it just makes them look incredibly dumb just to put this thing out. You know, read the room a little bit, you know uh, well, what I mean? you know, here's the amazing thing. Everyone has such a short attention span that it's really not going to matter. And I would guess that, you know, we should put a yellow sticky up in the in the control room in there because I guarantee their FBI top 25 is going to change before the season actually starts, right? Oh, well, the new the ESPN FBI is out and like, here's what it looks like. Wait a second. We've already seen the FBI. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. The schedules are the same. The players are the same. Yet the FBI, this formula that you've put together, somehow has spit out some, some new numbers. That's what's going to happen. Would you take a loss to Kansas for a natty? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Yes. i take two losses to Kansas for a natty. I mean, it, hey, in 1975, they took a loss to Kansas for the Natty. At home, they lost 23-3. to Well, so hang it's on. It's happened before. we gotta, we got to think about this a little bit. I don't know. For a Natty, I, I'm willing to sacrifice just about anything right now. I would, I would take a loss to Kansas for a Natty in the same season. But I refuse to accept a loss to Kansas – in a season where we don't win a national oh, championship. Oh, see, that's the difference between you and I. I'll take an L to, K- to KU at home this year if uh, there's a championship the following year. Yeah, but... I'll, I'll do it. But here's the thing. like, If if you know that the loss is cooked in, 
right, and you know that it's coming, that's one thing. But I, I'm I'm taking this as we don't know that it's like that that loss is coming. If we lost to Kansas, I. Venables may get fired before he ever has the chance to win that national championship. Seriously, no, <laughs> you know it, what I'm saying? it would be all. Uh, it, it, but if you're giving, I'm, I'm serious. It would be awful. It would be terrible. But here's the deal: you got to have the KU loss before the national championship. You can't have the national championship and then have and then the, the KU loss? loss following it after that. Now it's it's got to end uh, a little bit sweeter. I don't even. I don't know that I can agree to that. Because I believe that the national championship is coming anyways. What do you guys think? Text line? You taking that deal? <laughs> taking the loss to Kansas. All right. Late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. All right, some differing opinions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, as you could imagine. For an Addy, I would take a loss to Kansas and get my ass kicked by their mascot. <laughs> Hell no, we can't lose to KU. I'm with Teddy Bear. Yeah. I'd, uh, I don't know. Can I read this one? Read the bottom of it. Uh, you read it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'd, I'd rather watch an explicit video of my grandparents than lose to Kansas, is what it says. We're invested way too much in ripping Texas, uh, losing to KU twice. Uh, I don't know. I'd take a loss from Kansas in consecutive years before I'd take an L to TBOW. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler's, uh, please put down the gummies. You're loosing your mind. <laughs> I agree with that. Um. I I don't know. I don't think we're investing too much in Texas losing to Kansas. Has anyone else in the Big 12 lost to Kansas recently? Uh, Tech did one year, right? TCU did uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> that, I think, is pretty much about it. Yeah. Not only has not many uh, Big 12 teams lost to Kansas uh, even non-conference opponents, uh, maybe one win a year, right, against someone really, really bad. Remember that convincing win they had at Rutgers a few years ago, and it was like, well, dang, Les Miles pretty good up there at Kansas, and they were crap the rest of the year. Yeah, and wasn't Rutgers decent the rest of the year? Uh, maybe, uh, 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 maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know that we're investing too much in that. I I will stand by. I would take a loss to Kansas for a daddy. Um, Nick Saban did lose to Louisiana Monroe his first year, so it's it's been done before. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Funny, uh, I'm looking back to see what Kansas's schedule looks like. Um, in 2020, the COVID-shortened season, uh, the Texas game was originally postponed and then canceled. Who knows what would have happened in that one, right? That's that's the only oh, game that no, they had. Oh, no, we know. Canceled. It, it, it was going to be a close game. Right. It was gonna, definitely going to be a close game. Oh, man. Yeah. So they lost to them in 21, 
the game in 2020 was canceled, and in 2019 it took a walk-off field goal to win it. With a clock malfunction. At home. Right. So in the last two home games against Texas, they've lost and won under shady circumstances. Like that that's that's the state of the Is that not program. the most Texas thing of all time though? You had to have a uh, you had to pay off the clock operator to make sure that you were going to beat Kansas at home. Yeah, have I, enough time to kick the game-winning field goal. Yeah, I don't Jeez. know. I don't even know if they had to pay him off. That guy was probably uh, willing like would have would have dove on the grenade that day for for Texas. Uh, if we lose to Kansas this season, you'll both have to delete your social media accounts. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be nice. Oh my gosh, I'm down for that. You you want to take that loss to Kansas now? Yes, I take a loss to Kansas if I'm allowed to be in a padded room with a rubber hose with mule shoe for an hour. Dude, <laughs> this is amazing. They they have three. Big 12 wins since 2016. Two of them are against K- uh, Texas. Yeah, and the other one's TCU. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. Serious question. I know these two won't happen, but which one is more likely? KU wins the Big 12 in football or Texas wins the SEC in football? First off, is any of them going to happen? I told you earlier this week, I think I don't. I'm not so convinced Texas wins a conference championship in the next 30 years. They haven't in over a decade in the Big 12. Hard for me to see it happen in the SEC. Well, a lot can happen in 30 years. That's a long, 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 long time. Um, but something has to change. I mean, you make the right hire and the you, right circumstances happen. You know how and, many times Texas has done that in program history, by the way? Made what, the right hire? Uh, twice. Twice, yeah. yeah. I was about to say won the conference. It's not that's not very many either. Like in in recent history, how many Big Twelves do they have? Uh, Ninety six. They upset Nebraska. Oh um, five and oh nine. I think is it. Is that it? I think they only have three Big Twelve championships. <laughs> See, I mean, come on. Wow, three Big Twelve championships, and they've they've. You know, been right through the worst of the Big Twelve, like the the weakest the conference has been, and didn't get any of them during that era. So that's pretty bad. It stands to reason that once they move to the SEC, it's going to be insanely difficult, unless somehow they redraw the the lines there, and they will. I just don't know how it would benefit Texas enough to where they could win a SEC championship. Great point uh, on the text line. In 30 years, uh, Teddy will be 70. So that's really what I want to take out of this. 30 years, that is such a long time, man. Or I'm closer to 70 than I really thought. I'd, um, as confident as I am that Texas won't win a conference title in the next 30 years, with the way that the world is going, I am equally as confident that you will commit a murder in the next 30 years. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. With the way that things are going and uh, how some people out there really annoy you. Yeah. No, hang a on chance. a second. Um, commit and be convicted? No, I, I'm not saying be convicted. I just – the, the act's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if somebody. you'll get caught or not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I didn't know if you were talking about maybe a, a, the possibility of a justifiable homicide here. I don't know what's going on, but – 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, he it, that that is all way too far out. All I know is that there's no way there's justification for Texas to be number six in the FPI for ESPN. No way. Yeah, can we at least can we remember that though? Can we all as a group uh, come together and remember this when it's October, late October, and Texas is sitting right at five hundred on the season. Late October, they might be one and two after the non-conference. I, that's a that's a real against Alabama and yeah. UTSA. I mean, I, seriously that that's a real that's a real possibility. It's not like they have a track record recently of just lighting it up in the non-con. They're either going to start Hudson Card against Alabama, or a kid going into his second start in college football against Alabama. In thirty years, will Teddy still be doing radio? I say no on that. Yeah, that's a hard no. I guess you never know what could happen, though. What, who am I to say that I won't Is be Is radio going to be around in 30 years? I think it'll still be around in 30 years. Is anything going to be around in well, 30 years? Well, true. That, that may be the thing we're talking about. Uh, there's not going to be a conference to win in 30 years. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you our number two of the rush on this Friday. We're inside the Brian O'Haver studio. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Read a, a very long article today on the Nebraska football uh, situation on The Athletic. And I know we've talked about that time and time again, what's happened. But it was a pretty cool article. You can't just point to one thing that's happened with Nebraska. It's been a bad hire at AD. It's been a bad hire this time at head coach. It's been this. It's been that. There's been all these things that have happened, not just one thing, to where uh, Nebraska's in the spot that it's in. It's just amazing, though, to look back at last season they lost nine games by single digits and eight games by a single score. Crazy. The first time ever in college football history. Nine it's, games by single digits. It's crazy. Oh. It is crazy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you explain that away. Um, I, we watched them firsthand here that – that was a that was a good solid football it team. Looked, I mean, they had the appearance of a good yeah. solid football team. They That's did right. they did not look like a bunch of punks out there. So I I don't know. Winning's a skill. There's no doubt about that. And like the here we go again mentality is real and they just could not buck it no matter what they tried. And you know, they did make some some bad hires there at one point, but I don't think the Scott Frost hire is a bad hire. No, no, he's a good coach. Uh, they they did make it clear though that there's money up there, and they're about to unveil a new football facility next yeah, year. That they is are. Uh, one of a kind. They they've got facilities. They've got some things working for them. They just they can't figure it out. Yep. All right, quick timeout. Hour number three, of the rush coming up next. <laughs> 